if people started tr- actually treating their body as their vessel, like their actual vessel, like this is your place that you live every single day. Like you build yourselves from every single breath you take and everything you drink and everything you eat and the environments that you surround yourself with. If you start being more intentional with that, it's very, very easy to have more access to more energy. I'll get quite philosophical for a moment and say like some people believe that we have free will and some people believe that we have only destiny. And so what does it matter anyway? Like where you say like, how do people find an identity? It's through doing that. But people make themselves feel bad for it only because they're not doing the hard thing. Welcome to the Powerfully On Purpose podcast, a podcast for the young and inspired to come and learn from some of the most elevated entrepreneurs in their industry, to hear what they've done to step into a life powerfully on purpose. I'm your host, Maggie Tilly, a former uninspired workaholic who left her nine to five at the age of 22 to step into educating and supporting ambitious business owners and leaders on how to embody their power, cultivate confidence, and elevate into a life of impact and choice. Each week, I'll be introducing you to some insane guests who will share their story of what it took for them to start living their life powerfully on purpose. Here at the Powerfully On Purpose community, we are devoted to educating and supporting you while you take the next steps towards the life you've always dreamt of. I can tell that you're committed to your growth and your vision by simply being here. So I'm not going to let you sit around any longer. Let's get into this episode, hey? Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Powerfully On Purpose podcast. Today I have the pleasure of talking with Amy Mingan, who is one of Australia's leading holistic health practitioners. She's a business mentor and a mindset coach. I'm super excited to see where this conversation goes because she's a wealth of knowledge. And one thing that I really just love about her is her enthusiasm to support anyone who is around her willing to be coached or mentored or just having questions to be asked. So it's a real honor to have you here today, Amy. So thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to chat about all of our things that we're going to chat about today. Yeah, yay. So let's dive straight into it. I always like to know why it is that you're doing what you're doing. Uh, So I would say that there's been a huge evolution in my life. Like the, the very first thing that I ever stepped into was more so around the fitness and, and body system realm. Because I was always in team sports as a kid. I was an elite hockey player as a teenager. And I always had this fascination with how the body moved. And I thought, well, maybe, and I was really good at massaging, right? So I thought, well, maybe I'll go into something like physio. And I did a couple of years of human movement and just didn't love the maths. Like there's a lot of maths involved in physio and I was just like, "Mm, not that keen. I really love anatomy and physiology. So I found some things that I did really love. Studied neuroscience, loved it. So I'm like, okay, there's a few little things that I love. So I still found some little niche categories of health that I loved. I went and had like a gap year and discovered spirituality on the gap year which was great so started a spiritual journey started to discover more about holistic health in that time as well so like I literally went to a holistic college to start studying massage to have a proper certificate so that people could like claim it right they could come to me and they could claim on their health fund but instead of signing up for massage I signed up for naturopathy because it was covered by hex so I was like cool I'll do that 
And so I signed up to it, not really knowing what it was. I knew that naturopaths helped people. I knew that they had multi-skills. I was up for the challenge. And so I started and then I was like, oh, wow, this is actually how I really love to talk about the human body. There's this mind, body and spirit aspect. And there's still a whole lot of evidence traditionally that comes across in in naturopathy. So there's a lot of herbalism, there's nutrition, there's how the body moves. There's, there's a whole lot of aspects in it. And I probably was one of the last people to go through when it was still truly holistic. These days, they're really, really trying to create naturopaths that work a bit like GPs. And so there's a lot of natural health practitioners out there that are like, oh, you've got a symptom, let's treat it with a herbal. You've got a symptom, let's treat it with a nutrient. Oh, you've got a symptom, let's treat it with this food. And I'm still of the holistic sense of like, hey, guys, what about the person? What about that person in front of you? Have you ever found out like why that's happening? Like where where is the root cause of all of this? And so I've been on this mission for a really long time to be figuring out, okay, so here's how much I have found out about the body. Here's how many things I've trialed on myself, trialed on my kids, trialed on uh, variations of, of decades of experience with women's health. So there's a fair bit of experience under my belt and still there's so much that I don't know. The more that I find out that I do know, the more I'm like, well, there's still so much to learn. And that's a bit right. And so this journey of health is like it's ongoing. And I put, I actually put it down for like a good year. I put it down for a year because I really wanted to focus on business, business coaching. I wanted to focus on training people and I wanted to focus on me being more of a speaker. And that was fantastic because for me, it grew me. It, it was like the work on myself. It was the pushing the edges. It was pushing me outside of my comfort zone. And then I always have this belief that like humans have full circle moments, right? Like we learn different skills and we learn different experiences and we're around different people and we gather different pieces of information and we ask different questions and we mold and shape and then change and, and all of these things happen and then a full circle moment happens. And that happened for me fairly recently. And a couple of months ago, I made a big change and I was working within another business and then changed and decided to fully be in my business again. And so there's been another evolution. So that's where the health, the business and the mindset are all coming together again. And it's not that it ever left, it's more that I'd put the health down for a bit. So, you know, so how did I get to where I am? Like, that's a really short way of saying, you know, where everything has evolved from. And yet there's so much more evolution that's still coming out from it. And it's really, really exciting where it's all coming, like where it's going to. Like there's big, big um, growth occurring into America right now, which is super exciting for me. Like I've only ever really worked with people who are in Australia, New Zealand, the odd person in like the UK or Canada, not really in the US. So it's really, really cool. Yeah, there's some expansion occurring. Yeah, amazing. So it sounds like you've always been into health, always had it as a priority for your life. Was that just purely based on what you found uh, interesting at school or did you have your own health journey that was something that maybe pivoted you into that direction? Yeah, that's an interesting question. I'm not one of the wounded healers, to be honest. I'm one of those people that has always helped others with their health. 
And my house, like, thankfully, has always been great. I have, like, the odd thing occur here and there. But really, overall, I've been a pillar of strength with my health. And so, therefore, people have leaned on me a lot in order for them to feel more motivated, to be able to have faith that they can heal and to actually, like, move forward with their health. Because a lot of people, they take their health for granted until something goes wrong, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm wondering where your drive comes from then. What is it that you feel pulls you in that direction to help people with health? I've always been fascinated by it. Like I love the human body. I love human behavior. I love how humans relate to each other. And I love how the brain works and the nervous system works. So as soon as I learned neuroscience, I was learning about the brain and the nervous system. I'm like, oh, there's so much to this, like the complexities of it never ceases to amaze me and the more research I hear about it and read about it the more I'm into it so it's purely like it's a passion project it's a it's a lifelong passion of mine rather than it being like oh I I've healed so therefore I'll help others heal it's more so like this is things that make sense to me and then Mm. completely don't make sense and that's where I get curious and I'm like oh how did that work okay I'm gonna find out more about yeah, that's great. That's um interesting. And I'd love to dabble into the uh, connection between the neuroscience and the health because a lot of people may see health as just kind of your fitness and your nutrition potentially. And then there's this huge aspect of the brain, our minds, all of that that intertwine amongst all of it. I'd love to know a little bit about that, how maybe some things that people could start implementing if they've never really dove into that area of their health yet. Do you have some tips for people? Yeah, absolutely. So it's really, it's the most simple thing in the world. And yet a lot of people find it really hard. And what I mean by this is we are a product of our environment and we're a product of our choices and habits. And so we're also driven more towards pleasure than pain. So naturally speaking, if there's a comfy spot to sit, we're going to choose the comfy spot. If there's a nicer pillow, we're going to choose the nicer pillow. If there's a sunny spot and like it's going to give us some warmth, we're going to go there during winter. If there's a cooler spot and it's summer, we're going to go to the cooler spot. So it's a really common thing that we're going to go towards the thing that drives us towards pleasure most of the time, away from pain and towards pleasure. The problem herein lies when it's time to change something. Because if somebody is so used to having this comfort in their life, then they're seldom wanting to change it right if they if they are super comfortable in their bed in the morning and it's time for them to get up a lot of people struggle to get out of bed like this is a common thing that I hear I hit the sleep how do I stop say um doing snooze I set five alarms so I get up in the morning how do you just get out of bed like so many people ask me this question and I go and I try to think of times in my life where I've ever used the snooze button and the only time I've used the snooze button is if I'd had a really late night. So back when I was probably late teens, early 20s, they were the years of my life where I worked in a bar or I'd worked really, really late, like into the early hours of the morning. So if I set a 7 a.m. alarm, silly, then there's no way I would have stayed stayed um, getting up. Whereas these days, there is so much passion and so much purpose for me to get out of bed as soon as the alarm goes off, I'm off, oh, actually, I'm most of the time awake before my alarm and just thinking things. And then the alarm goes off and I'm like, okay, cool, it's time to hop up. 
the thing that gets you out of bed is your why. The thing that gets you out of out of bed is figuring out who are you. And the thing that gets you out of bed is actually like really great neurotransmitter health. So to bring it around and to go, okay, how do we how do we set yourself up for a really great day? It actually happens the night before. So my suggestion is here's something tangible. If you're not currently planning your day, then you're going to be aimless or you're going to be easily distracted. And so write down your list of things that are really top priorities. And there might be three, there might be five, there might be 10. It's totally fine. Whatever, like different people are going to have different priorities. So whatever is great for you. I'd say if it's your first time doing it, just choose three. Make it so that it's doable, but it's still challenging. That's your growth zone. So the night before, write those things down highlight them like buy a bright highlighter I would use pink some people will use orange yellow whatever it is choose a color now the color is actually really important because the color being bright is remembered more easily by your brain so you look at it highlight it hold it up in front of you up in your top left corner so that's where we call it so that's where your visual recall is so as soon as you wake up you will see your priorities. That will get you out of bed. Get straight up out of bed. There is a function on, I definitely know it's on iPhones. I don't know if it's on Android. Sorry, Android people. But I definitely know on iPhones that you can turn off the sleep function. Like like there's no option for a snooze button. So you can actually switch that off. So that's my other suggestion. If you've set an alarm, you just actually can't, hit the snooze like that's a really good option and then I love borrowing this one from Mel Robbins she goes five four three two one out of bed literally changes lives it's the most simple thing and yet people find it really hard to do so do the hard thing start by getting out of bed now what happens when you get out of bed is you get a massive surge of dopamine which is your reward hormone it's a reward neurotransmitter it modulates the nervous system it motivates you. And as soon as you're up and you're actually doing things, you'll forget the bed was even there. So like if it's cold, so currently, you know, it's the middle of winter for us. What I've done is I just keep my puffer jacket at the end of the bed. So I slip my feet straight into fluffy slippers and I put my puffer jacket straight on over the top of my pajamas. So then I'm not freezing and wanting to get back under the doona as well. So like there's different things that you can like safety guard it you're not going to go back so whatever that is for you guys like have a plan b as well because sometimes i i know what the brain's like it's going to be like it'll it'll just say the thing like you'll get part way down the hallway and it'll be like just go back to bed it's so much more but just keep going the difference between people who really change and the ones who don't are the ones that keep going so just get started with that plan your day the day before Get straight out of bed and start your day. And it sound, and they're like, really, is that really going to change my life? Actually, it does. Yeah. Yeah, huge changes just from the, it's the first win of the day, right? Like as soon, if you can get that first win under your belt straight off the bat, you're setting yourself up for success. That's the, the simple way to look at it, I guess, is that it's your first win. Everything else is going to be easy after that. Yeah going to like Pilates or something like just plan it out yeah I'm curious then to know the 
how would I word this? So yes, it's so simple to just tell someone to get out of bed, do the thing. Does health actually play a role in the motive, the motivation, I guess you could say, or the, the energy of a morning of getting out of bed? Like if someone, yes, wants to or doesn't have that kind of energy, what's some things that they can do from that perspective, from the health perspective rather than the mindset? Yeah, so have a look at what you're having for dinner or what you're having after dinner the night before. Most people should have eaten their dinner by 7 p.m. and then not eat after that. So you want your stomach to have a little bit less feeling in it as you're going to bed. If anything, it should be great to feel a little bit empty as you're going to bed. So you're having a fasting state overnight. And what that does is it takes stress off your digestive system. It takes stress off your liver. It actually lets all your organs have rest while you sleep. If you sleep on your side, it actually helps your nervous system to detox as well. So there's these cool little enzymes that happen inside the brain and it helps to break down any debris of inflammation that might have built up in the nervous system, which everybody gets it because we all think. Everybody uses their brain on a daily basis. So sleep on your side works so much better. Also, sleep on your side and you're going to have better vagus nerve tone, which helps you adapt to stress. So anything that helps you adapt to stress, utilize that. The problem is more about people not pushing themselves than people pushing themselves and about them not pushing themselves to do the hard thing. So um, shout out to Andrew Huberman. The Huberman Lab podcast has some really cool tips on it for overall like easy everyday health things. But he released a a podcast during the week that was talking about 20, 20 degrees Celsius, which really isn't that cold, but like cold exposure, 20 degrees Celsius for three minutes. So we're basically talking a cold shower. I don't like cold showers. However, it's the hard thing. If that's your one hard thing, have the cold shower. No one actually wants to, particularly during winter. But golly, you feel great when you get out and that's what you're doing it for. You're not doing it to enjoy the process. You're doing it because it's the hard thing and you're learning how to breathe while you're in it. Your nervous system's like, holy moly, what is going on right now? Normally you're in bed. Normally you're not doing these sorts of things. You do the hard thing and then you get out and you're like, ready to start the day. So things always start the night before. Things always start the day before to plan for the day that you're currently doing. So watch what you're eating. Eat whole foods. Like stop eating things out of a packet. Stop having the alcohol every single night. Lots of people these days are starting to have less alcohol from the from what I can gather anyway. There's a lot less people drinking excessively in like the younger generation, which I'm really, really happy to hear. And there's still plenty of people who do. Yeah. It's slowing down on the alcohol use and particularly the binge drinking is going to be a really big thing because all that does is it puts strain on the liver and anything that puts strain on the liver is going to affect the sleep, which is going to affect your want or need to get up the next day. It's so multifaceted. Like, if people started tr- actually treating their body as their vessel, like their actual vessel, like this is your place that you live every single day. If you start treating it the way that you really should be treating it, like it is the place, like you build yourselves from every single breath you take and everything you drink and everything you eat and the environments that you surround yourself with. If you start being more intentional with that, it's very, very easy to have more access to more energy. So if energy is the thing that makes somebody want to stay in bed, then that's a big factor too. Then we've got things like screen use, 
I, I don't know how many people I've talked to about their screen use in bed, but they actually take their phone to bed. I'm like, I've just always had a screen-free zone inside my bedroom. So it's like there's no TV, there's no, like we've got a touch lamp. So just like a lamp to touch to turn to have some light, but that's it. Yeah. Super simple bedroom. Don't even have my phone in there. My phone's on the charger out in the lounge room. Actually got, that's my other thing. Like I've actually got to get out of bed to go turn off the alarm. Yeah, that's great. I implemented that a little while ago, actually, with my phone out of my room. But I like to listen to meditations before, like to fall asleep. Yeah. So I don't have that balance yet of working out how I can do that without my phone. But it's always on the other side of my room. It's never like next to my bed because I'm that person that, you know, I would just turn over, grab my phone, and and look at it because it's that easy option, right? Rather than just getting out of bed and going starting my day, it's like okay, let's see what's going on in the world, you know. And then from what I gather, that also is like that's your first dopamine hit. And then is that what sets the day off? You want to make sure that you're using your peak dopamine, which is first thing in the morning. In a healthy person, that's when you're, you've are you got the most access to the most dopamine. So you want to make sure that you're doing the hard thing because you want to motivate yourself to do the hard thing. You want to utilize it to its full potential. So let's say you want to start lifting weights at the gym. Go to the gym in the morning. Use your dopamine. Yeah. If you've got to do some accounting or some tax stuff or you've got to do something that feels like it's hard, send an email to someone that's got to have quite specific language in it. Do that in the morning. The difference is you're utilizing the dopamine. The cool thing is so you finish, like once you complete the hard task, you actually get more dopamine again. So it's like it fills its own bank back up as opposed to using, it's like cheap forms of dopamine. It's like you find such a cheap form of dopamine. Like no one feels that great by scrolling or checking their email or checking if someone's texted them or checking their messages. But it's mm. a hope. There's like, it's a bit like gambling. It's like, oh, we, we hope that we get something. But then you get it and yeah. then you reply and then it's so short-lived. It's like use it on the things that really matter. Have the big conversation. Have a hard conversation. Do that. Have that first thing in the morning. Like that, that brings people so much closer together. Like whatever that person, whatever you've been avoiding, do it first thing. Interesting. Yeah. Never thought about it like that. I've, I've, I've thought about it from the negative point of view of the um, act um, of lifting your phone up first thing, reading it, you know, whatever you're doing on your phone first thing, but not the opposite end. I had never thought about doing the things that maybe I push to the end of the day because I don't necessarily want to do them or they're the hard thing or the. And what I actually noticed was that my day was less productive because I was also thinking about it. I knew it had to be done, but I was thinking about it the whole day. So my productivity levels were down. I was distracted. I was doing all the things other than what I really needed to do. So doing it first thing in the morning will allow so much more space in my brain. That's it. It sure does. Yeah. And and like yeah. I often use this mantra and feel free to use it, that efficiency is the ultimate laziness. So if you know that you like to take breaks, if you know that you like to have some scroll time, if you know that you like to watch a TV show in the evening, then get the other stuff done early, then you feel great. And there's actually zero guilt to, to go and do the fun thing, to go and like have some veg out time to sit with your feet up for a bit. Like that's that's actually life. That's living. Like that's balance. But people make themselves feel bad for it only because they're not doing the hard thing. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. Okay, so... 
if I was to move this into a business perspective, because I have noticed sometimes when I'm focusing a lot on my health, my business will fall short or vice versa. If I'm focusing on my business, my health will fall short. How do you find, quote unquote, a balance between focusing on your health? Because that's obviously very important. You have no business without your health, but also not allowing it to be the only thing you're doing in your life and neglecting your business. Yeah, totally. I like my me time and being a mum who is the main breadwinner who has two kids that has to like there's there's routine that the kids are like got to be at the bus stop by 7am so like I've got to get up extra early because they're already up by like quarter to six so that they can be ready for the bus so like I've got to get up extra extra early because I'm booking me time and my me time might look like sitting and meditating with Palo Santo and setting intentions and doing things like that and drinking a cup of tea sometimes it looks like doing yoga sometimes it looks like going to a reformer pilates sometimes it's running sometimes it's doing weights and sometimes it's just taking your dog for a walk but whatever it is that I'm choosing to do that morning I've already booked it in yeah. and so it's that consistency piece it's like walk that time out for yourself in the morning of like some people do that for their business so if the business has been suffering, they've got to do their their power hour, I call it, and like get in. It's amazing how much you can get with one hour of focus time. Yeah. Just get in, get it done, look at your phone. Like you might do it between say 5 a.m. and 6 a.m. before the rest of the house is up and you just do it. It's amazing how productive you are and then you feel really great for the rest of the day and like at least you've got that done. <laughs> at least you've got that done. The business stuff, same thing. It's like if you do health first, then you do everyday stuff, then you get into business. Like how much time are you spending working in the business? And I do this more so in inverted commas because I've watched clients of mine say that they want to take time off social media and I'm like, why? And they go, oh, because it's taking up too much of my time. And I'm like, I look at their socials and I'm like, you've done five stories in a post today. How is it taking all day? Yeah go oh you got me and I said yeah you're scrolling aren't you and they're like yeah and I said so the scrolling doesn't count as work you're you're getting distracted so like put in your scroll time like it might be a 15 minute block do that guilt-free then it's done but you're not going to just give yourself six hours of scroll time like what a waste kind of like oh no like no there's no shame in it at least we've brought it to the surface but they were wanting to take time off because they were like pushing the scroll in as an important task because they were working but they were like getting themselves so be real with yourself get the things done put the priorities down if you don't know what the priorities are then you need to talk to a coach or a mentor or someone who can help you figure out what your priorities are so you can actually get them done so then you actually get to go somewhere yeah somewhere worth going anyway yeah and enjoy your life along the way i'm curious then to I think from I, this is just because it's part of being part of my experience as well is when I focused on my health and I had really great health um, I was able to recognize what I actually wanted from my life and I have a lot of conversations with people who are just unsure maybe of who they are what they want to do in their life they're feeling a little bit stagnant or a little bit lost and for me I know that health was a huge part of that and I I'm yet to make sense of it and recognize how I just know that it was. And I'm wondering from your perspective, knowing health a lot more than what I do, what uh, correlation that 
that actually has with someone knowing who they are, what they want to do for their life, and maybe having some sort of purpose and drive towards some sort of goal. So I can look at this in a couple of different ways. So number one, if you draw a triangle Mm -hmm. and you go mind and body at the bottom two corners and then spirit at the top, if you want change in any of those three areas, one of them has to start the change process. Yeah. So generally speaking, if someone starts working on their health, let's say that you decided that you wanted to go to the gym five days a week and you just decided and you're like doing it. You didn't change anything else, but you started to physically challenge yourself. Then you're going to start opening up other areas. So while you're there, you start getting mental clarity. You start going, oh, I was thinking about that. And that's going to give me this idea. And then when you get home, you're going to feel so much more aligned with the actions that you take. Mm. Other people, they, they wake up, they want to meditate first. So they focus more on the spiritual aspect. Yeah. Once they've meditated for X amount of days, they start to get more clarity the clarity that leads to more ideas, they're utilizing their physical body to take the action. So it's always going to be in the moment of changing via action that's going to be the most important thing. Yeah. Anyone who start, anyone who says that they're not sure, just start with something. Mm-hmm. It actually is no right or wrong in any of it. It's all worthwhile doing. Just choose something. Yeah. And so I can always tell when I'm just about to go through another level because physically I start going, I'm, I'm like, I get a little bit like, all right, it's time to change the training routine. I want to try something new. I want to challenge myself. And as soon as I start getting that, I'm like, oh, there's a new big goal coming. Mm. Interesting. That I always start with a physical, but that's, and I mean, that's my version. So I always encourage people to do it as well, just to see if that's their version as well. But I, like I said, other people will change their mindset and then open up their spirituality. Other people will change their mindset and start a, like a new thing with their body. So it works in all of the different areas. It's just a matter of opening up and changing one in order to access the others. Mm. I can definitely see the the correlation with, for me, like I'm constantly changing my workout routine, not workout routine, but the way that I move my body. Like I'll go through a couple months where I'm really loving running and then I'm like, nah, something else needs to change and I'll go and I'll do weights or I'll, I'll stop working out for a little while. I'll go, no, my body's just like not feeling it and looking back because you can always look back and work it out. It's it's that. It's the physical change has allowed me to open that space to go, oh, I want to try something new or this is a new avenue that I want to go down. So that's really cool to be able to see that and know that now and yeah, be able to recognize the, the changes weren't just a thought well they were a thought but how I implemented that into my life it's yeah and then that like that in itself right there like that's a moment that's a that that's a self-mastery moment you're like oh cool that's how I do it oh great now you can have the same little like idea pop up and be like oh here we go again we're we're changing like something else is about to change and so it actually creates anticipation and the feeling of anticipation is one of the best feelings in the world in fact it's probably one of the better feelings than actually celebrating getting a goal it's yeah. the anticipation getting the goal yeah I actually in saying that I read a study where they um looked at people who had holidays booked in and anticipation of holidays and they like scaled them on their happiness on the lead up to the holidays during the holidays and then after the holidays and they were most excited on the day before not actually doing the thing that they were excited about. There you go. Yeah. 
So it's like super interesting. Every time. Yeah, super interesting. I would say it's detrimental at times to take holidays because you might be totally in flow and yet you've booked the darn thing. So you've got to go. So you're like resenting the holiday. Yet you've looked forward to it. It's a really paradox. <laughs> it really is. It really is. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. I really love having those moments where you can recognize that you've done a thing without really knowing that you've done a thing. And I think that's super important for people to understand is that you don't actually need to know why you're doing the thing. If it feels like the right thing for you, then listening to that is quote unquote, the right thing to do. That makes sense. Absolutely. It does. And that's like where you say, like, how do people find an identity? It's through doing that. Because they get to know themselves. And sometimes it's a process of elimination before you actually make a choice as well. So like let's say somebody wants to try skateboarding and they're like, oh, that sucks. I graze my knee. I graze my elbow. But they go out and they do it again and then they had a bit of, bit of a better time. What I've found, this is something that I've observed about myself and about others as well, is the state of your nervous system as you're going into something that's a little bit um, unconventional or something that you haven't done before. So let's say it's just a new situation. Typically, I would use an example of like, you know, sometimes you're invited to a friend's birthday or a networking event or insert some sort of social event. It's common for humans to want to connect, right? But say you arrive and you, the only person who you know was your friend that invited you. There's that feeling of like oh I wish I knew people maybe I'll just leave early there's all these different things and yet you might go and have the time of your life but this the quality of your regulation of your nervous system going into that is the quality of your experience and the quality of the memories that you'll make at that place a prime example really it's great so prime example my husband and I when I was pregnant with my with my son, so my first child, we went to Thailand and I was only like 10 weeks pregnant. So I was like feeling a little bit queasy and it anchored the experience of being on boats that I, I'm just like, no, don't want to be on a boat. Do not want to go on a boat. To the point of, I went on a boat years later, like a good six years later. And instantly, as soon as I stood on the boat, I felt queasy, but it actually wasn't even rocking at all. Well, so the state of me in that moment of when I felt queasy as a pregnant woman six years before was bring, brought forward into the into that moment. So one of my friends who happened to know hypnotherapy took me through a very quick hypno process and I haven't been sick on a boat since. Well, there you go. So it's just releasing the emotions around what I thought a boat experience would be like. Yeah. And so now I have great memories of boating. <laughs> which is great <laughs> uh, yeah think about going to an, a situation stressed or like in in like a negative connotation of the experience like I know no one I, I don't know if I want to be here like probably you're not going to have a great time or a great memory of it but if you just go in and you're like okay I'm going to just chill out and if I get to meet a new person perfect yeah precede the quality of your experience of the next thing so take that one on that one's a that's something i've been playing with and observing recently yeah that's a really great one as well i utilize something similar maybe the same i'm unsure um when i worked my job still it was like 
I made sure I told myself that it was going to be an amazing day at work and it was and the days that I would forget or I chose not to do that they would be terrible and I'd be just dreaming the day away and I'd be like get me out of here all these things and I realized after that I was creating the negative perspective of the job purely because I decided that day that it it wasn't going to be a good day that's so interesting yeah so interesting there's this like there's a level of surrender and there's a level of creation and I don't quite know where the line is with any of it yeah but we do get to choose so like there's I mean I'll get quite philosophical for a moment and say like some people believe that we have free will and some people believe that we have only destiny and so what does it matter anyway the thing we do we do still get to make choices so be mindful be intentional because you've just said it just then and I feel the same way like when we are super intentional the day like we can just surrender to the day a little bit more knowing that we can trust ourselves we can trust our intuition we can trust what's coming for us that's all great it's all happening for us so many I love having these conversations because I always have so many aha moments myself and I'm less like oh I get to yeah. learn so much so I know that the people listening are also going to learn so much as well which is really great uh, I would love to wrap this up with a final question of if you could go back and talk to your younger self, what was one piece of advice that you would give them? My younger self, I would have her trust what she sees and feels from an earlier time. Okay. So I'm someone who, like, I'm quite talented with my observational skills mm -hmm. and I see and feel a lot more than the average person and so to the point that people are like are you psychic and I'm like mm, I don't know I think that I'm just really in touch with myself and so therefore I can be in touch with how other people are and so often the examples I use are uncanny for the person who's in front of me so great <laughs> they, they often are like how did you know that I'm like I didn't actually I'm just like tapped into the field Mm -hmm. but I would always say to my younger self, learn to relax because it's actually such a gift that you have in order to trust yourself because it's all actually here for you. The things that you observe are real and even though some of the people around you don't believe in it, it's going to take you so much further than where you ever even dream existed. Mm. I love that so much. Great advice. <laughs> I'm assuming you've taken that already. Indeed, yeah, amazing. Definitely. I, like I would say that I had lived in a spiritual closet, so I only ever talked about my spirituality with people who felt super safe. Okay. Yeah. So then I worked. I worked for a couple of years with a shaman, two different shamans, and then I'm just like, you've got to get out. Like, get it out. <laughs> Shy spiritual person, which is super weird. Like, super weird. And as soon as I embraced it, like a whole, the whole world, like literally the whole world opened up and it was, and like, then everything, I just trusted myself. And it was like, ah, oh, we're much easier rather than like resist. It was like resisting my own gift. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which was such a stress on my nervous system. It caused a oh, lot of, really? yeah, it caused, it caused a lot of ter inner turmoil, not necessarily mm. outer towards other people. But they might have sensed stress, but they were like, what are you stressed about? <laughs> there you go. 
Oh, yeah. thank you so much for this conversation. I really love this. I've learned so much um, about myself, about things that I didn't even know that I didn't know. So yeah, it's really yeah, my amazing. favorite conversations. Yeah, I really appreciate it. <laughs> pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Amy. Thank you again, Amy, for an incredible episode. I, like I said, I've learned so much about myself, about health, business, all the things that we just discussed. It was a real pleasure to have you on board. For those that would love to keep in contact with Amy, you can find her over on Instagram at Amy Mingan. You can find everything that you'd like to know on her socials and in the link in her bio. Thank you again, and I will speak with you all soon. Have a wonderful day. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you love this episode as much as we loved creating it, we'd love your support in helping us grow the show. The more you talk about this podcast, the more people who will know we exist and the more impact we'll be able to create, right? So if you could hit that follow button and share today's episode with a friend or on your socials so we can work together to help support each other to really step into that powerfully on purpose life that we all desire. Thank you again. Have an epic week and keep being you.